Hello there. Welcome to Fanby News for the week of December 2nd, 2020. I am your host, John Warren. I hope you all had a great and safe and happy Thanksgiving break last week. On tonight's show, we check in with World of Warcraft and its latest expansion, Shadowlands, during a conversation with WoWhead site director Perculia. We also duck into some late game weirdness in Assassin's Creed Valhalla, and I'll give you an update on our very own Nicholas Grayson's pursuit of an elusive PlayStation 5 console. But first, our top story of the week. On Tuesday, enterprise software giant Salesforce announced a definitive deal has been reached to acquire communication software maker Slack for a staggering $27.7 billion. Salesforce is a global leader in customer relationship management, or CRM, tools, and if you don't know what that means or what the company actually does, you're not alone and you're not slow on the uptake. Uh, one glance at Salesforce's website reveals a massive amount of individual tools to better understand the company's customer base or audience, packaged in clumps of useful software suites or delivered as part of their Customer 360 product. The TLDR is basically that Salesforce is an enterprise software maker that wants to be your business's one and only for basically everything. It's part of Amos, that's A-M-O-S-S, the colloquial shorthand for the five major players in this space, Adobe, Microsoft, Oracle, SAP, and Salesforce. For Slack's part, chances are you either use it now for communicating with your workplace or know of a workplace currently using it. It's essentially Discord, but it's not free, and with far more efficiency widgets for business purposes. The Slack tool started as internal communication during development of Glitch, a 2D browser-based game that shut down just over a year after its launch. Slack is the surviving and thriving result of that game's development. $27.7 billion, though. That seems like a lot. What do each of these behemoths get out of the arrangement? Well, for months, uh, pressure has been mounting on Slack from Microsoft Teams as an emerging competitor with a ton of vertical integration. You think vertical integration isn't that important? Well, consider this fact, that in the year 2020, Microsoft's Outlook email client is fourth in U.S. market share behind Apple Mail, Gmail, and iPhone, according to Litmus Labs. Teams began as a way for Microsoft acquisition Skype to evolve into something more useful in the modern marketplace, but shifted to become a collaborative communication tool in the vein of Slack, but with more seamless and free integration of popular workplace apps like Word and Excel. Slack has a ton of plugins that play nice with a wide variety of applications, but Teams saw a massive influx in users during the COVID-19 pandemic as more businesses, many which are deeply entrenched in Microsoft Office 365 suite of applications. Their communication tools even bit at the heels of Zoom during the pandemic, which itself saw massive amounts of user growth. Slack also saw growth in user base during this time, but with less explosive results. The move allows Slack to stop competing with Amos companies so it can join Amos companies, which seems like a smart move. Salesforce has a massive lead on its competitors in the CRM space with roughly 19% market share. So where Slack might not be able to compete with the Microsoft Office 365 vertical integration, it can join Salesforce and create a reasonable scenario where businesses may choose Slack over Microsoft Teams since many businesses use both companies simultaneously. Salesforce did see a drop in stock price since the announcement, leading many to speculate it's not so much the partnership but the price tag and the merger that has folks running. Salesforce can afford the hit as they chase the very real idea of a $1 trillion 
that's with a T, dollar market cap. While no specifics have been announced about how exactly Slack will be integrated into Customer 360, Salesforce CEO Brett Taylor is on record saying Slack will remain a standalone tool and they don't want to mess with that aspect of it out of fear that it could drive existing users away if Salesforce add-ons are driven down the market's throat. The deal should be finalized around July of 2021. If you intend to pick up Assassin's Creed Valhalla soon, know that some late game weirdness is afoot you might want to be aware of before you dive in. In the early game, you get to decide whether protagonist Eivor is male, female, or if you want the game to decide which Eivor you'll see at a given time based on circumstances that Ubisoft deems relevant. I thought this choice was kind of odd at the time, and now we kind of know why. I won't spoil things here, but suffice it to say, if you choose to play as male Eivor and want to have gay romances in the game, some late game reveals make this choice a bit awkward in the game's canon. Uh, Ubisoft has had similar difficulties with giving the player choices with gender and sexuality, like when, uh, despite a possible game full of same-sex romances in Assassin's Creed Odyssey, players are forced into a heterosexual relationship in order to have a child. If you want the full scope of the Assassin's Creed Valhalla awkwardness, as well as information about a late game-breaking bug, you should check out Kenneth Shepard's pieces about the game over at fanbyte.com. Well, last week saw the release of the brand new World of Warcraft expansion, Shadowlands, uh, the first expansion in two years after Battle for Azeroth, with me to discuss the expansion. Everything new with it, everything that's good, maybe some stuff that's bad, I don't know, uh, is site director of wowhead.com, Perculia. Hi, Perk. Hey, thanks for having me on. Uh, You're really welcome. happy Wowhead can do some stuff with fanbite. Yeah, I mean, so, listen, yeah. we're, I, I see how hard y'all work, and uh it it first of all pretty wild that they delayed from late october to the week of thanksgiving so y'all were obviously super busy uh a holiday week uh how how are y'all doing are y'all okay it's pretty intense uh we were kind of hoping they would delay it to <laughs> december but the way it's working out we had the launch at thanksgiving and then the end game content is going to be releasing the week before christmas basically yeah so we've been trying to bring on more freelancers, uh, you know, give people time off to enjoy the game or spend time with family, uh, relying harder on our freelancers outside of the U.S. Um, but it's been really intense. Yeah, so, yeah, I bet. Yeah, I bet. Hopefully, not the industry standard move. <laughs> I, I, yeah, you know, I just hope the industry starts to look at just labor all around in a maybe healthier way. That'd be good. Um, well, tell me about Shadowlands. So, I mean, uh, World of Warcraft has been around for, uh, God, is it 16 years now? Um, yeah, 16. And this is the ooh, eighth expansion? Uh, we are on patch 9.0.2, okay. so it's, it's the uh, Incredible. Yeah. Um, so tell me about it. What's, what's, what's new about it? Obviously, the Wowhead uh, crew knows all about it, but, you know, the folks at Fanbyte – uh, may, maybe they're playing Final Fantasy fourteen. Maybe they've bounced off of War, uh, World of Warcraft. Maybe uh, they've they've been away for seven years. Like, what's 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 new? Yeah. So Shadowlands is kind of like a remix of Wrath of the Lich King because it looks at a lot of the same uh, concepts of that expansion. Um, the Lich King is back. We're seeing Bolvar again. 
uh, Sylvanas has unfinished business with Arthas. Uh, except this time, we're actually going into the realm of the dead. So we get to travel through a lot of like spooky, fantastical realms in the afterlife, uh, meet some characters uh, from the past that you know were really well loved in past expansions, and we're, we're going to see them again, like uh, Uther, um, Draco, who is Thrall's mom. Um, just you know, really kind of like a greatest hits um, with the angle of the afterlife, and it looks a bit more. Uh, fantastical than past expansions like right. EFA, which was, you know, like grimdark, like Game of Thrones, <laughs> sort of, you know, gritty, realistic. It's nice to have a bunch of uh, fantastical uh, eye candy realms instead. Yeah, yeah, a little, little more pleasing to the eye than a lot of the, uh, like, earthly, borderline apocalyptic mm-hmm. stuff exactly. that we've seen. So, um, yeah, that's that's awesome. Um, what, what do you think has been, like, the most well-received change from past expansions? So uh, the past few expansions have become pretty grindy at max level. Uh, you know, the story is fun, but then you hit max level and there was a lot of RNG associated with loot or things that you had to run repeatedly hoping for a good item. And it seems that WoW has taken a page out of, you know, like you mentioned, Final Fantasy's book to uh, make the endgame experience more uh, enjoyable. They got rid of a lot of the RNG. You can do things on a daily basis to improve your character, but it's faster than in the past. Um, You can spend more time doing what you want um, instead of feeling stressed that you need to grind out all these things or else you will fall behind with your friends. So a lot of people are very happy um, with that change. That's nice. With uh, less RNG and less daily things you can do. So it's like Blizzard is trying to space things out so you don't burn yourself out uh, at the start with all these options yeah um what do you think is you know what what, what you've got your ear to the ground what's what's maybe not mm-hmm. a super well received change from uh with the new expansion uh so uh, let me so a really controversial change is uh, covenants which um i can explain a little more yeah. about basically at uh, as you level up uh, you don't just have your class that defines uh how the gameplay is you have a covenant which gives you more abilities and different borrowed power systems to customize like your rotation and how your class uh you know feels in game and they're all pretty different and there's a bunch of rewards associated with them and each covenant uh interacts with death in a different way so they all have like different motivations to contribute to the kingdom and it's like a really big rpg choice but people are sometimes upset that you need to choose one covenant and you can't swap between them easily you have to do quests to like change them every week but you can't you know flip between them between you know boss fights for example right uh so a lot of people are kind of sad about that especially when people start doing all the math and theory crafting (laughs) and it seems like you know well if you go with this one covenant it's uh you know it's like the best performance in the raid but the aesthetics are, you know, not what people vibe mm. with. So there's been a lot of discussion of, you know, maybe the covenants should be limited to uh, the aesthetics and you can swap between the abilities. Uh, a lot of people uh, are very hesitant to commit to a covenant, wondering if Blizzard will hotfix it to be better or worse. Uh, it's a, you know, it's a big, scary choice. Blizzard has been promoting this as 
we want this to feel as impactful as choosing your race originally in WoW. Like that's that, that's a big change right. for people. It seems scary and big. So that's caused a lot of controversy um, because people are just on the fence if this should, if choosing your gameplay abilities should be uh, locked behind this covenant choice or not. Yeah, yeah. It seems like they're maybe in, in trying to introduce a a big game-changing choice to a lot of veteran players who like it's been a while since they've really made one of those choices i don't know it's it's an interesting yeah they've never sort of done anything at this scope before i mean there's so many things locked behind the covenant like uh transmog mounts pets uh different storylines like i mentioned oh wow you only get to choose you only get to see what happens to uther if you choose the uh kind of weird scientology angel that's it um, see that's really interesting that they're tying it to narrative i didn't even realize that that's wild yeah it's like narrative cosmetics and gameplay like it's really ambitious yeah um and i think it's cool they're trying new things but the gameplay <laughs> bit has caused a bit more yeah. of uh controversy but you know i i think it's cool uh how the narrative choices can differ and yeah. uh the armor sets are really pretty as well, which you can check out on Wowhead with her model. You, you should, yeah, you should definitely do that. Um, yeah, yeah, it's yeah, that's that's really interesting. Um, what a so all right, let me let me. Oh, also before yeah, oh, yeah. Before, also just going back to it, uh, the the timing delaying it around Thanksgiving and Christmas is maybe something that's not as super well <laughs> received as other changes. Just had to throw that in there. Yeah, no, I'm sure that's uh, I'm sure that's not. I, you know what's interesting is from from someone kind of, that's kind of on the outside looking in, um, yeah, I see the success of Final Fantasy XIV, and it, it's really interesting. Like, do, do you think that having, I would say, maybe the most viable kind of long-term competition the game has had in a while, do you think that's impacted a lot of their decision-making over at Blizzard over the past few years, or do you see them still kind of just doing their own thing? Uh, I think it definitely has, uh, seeing some of the changes they made even besides the end game. There are a lot more customization options that Blizzard added uh, back in October after years of not really uh, prioritizing that in the game. Yeah. And I think that that was directly inspired because some are pretty realistic, but some are uh, fantastical, and there's a lot more character expression than there used to be. Um, And the stories have gotten uh, a bit more nuanced as well. Like, there's more cinematics and cutscenes. It's more of, like, a sophisticated high fantasy story instead of kind of like a suspenseful, like, you know, is genocide bad type of story like (laughs) VFA. A tale as old as Uh, time. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, so I, th- I think that it definitely has made them reflect on some things and, uh, you know, adapt uh, accordingly. Uh, you know, yeah. MMOs are not really the, uh, you know, as much as mainstream genre as they used to be. Sure. And there's fewer of them. So I think that Blizzard is trying to take cues from Final Fantasy, but then also other games. Like there is a endgame feature that's a, like a whole like ro- roguelite feature in it. And that's like a new genre within wow for the first time so they're trying to incorporate elements of uh, other games i feel that are popular to um you know keep up with the times that's awesome um this is a dumb question do you do you still play like like more or less casually at all yeah i play casually um uh i am not 60 yet but i have been leveling okay i've been trying not to go super fast because it's not really great for your mental health if you're trying to 
uh, fact check guides and <laughs> right. uh, get all these news posts out and then you're playing and you come across a question you're like did we cover this on the site because <laughs> then playing turns basically into working yeah so you know i picked it up on the weekend did some stuff um yeah i've been you know playing pretty much casually since i got this job i was pretty hardcore before uh, i did take a break in bfa because um i play a night elf and the whole uh, early story of bfa was oh sylvanas burned down the night elf home but we don't know why like is genocide bad or good and i'm just like <laughs> i'm not really here for this i may i may skip <laughs> out on that plot point but thank you yeah right. But uh, they're actually continuing the story with a bit more uh, nuance as one of the realms is tied to the Emerald Dream and the story of the Night Elves and Tehran trying to get some justice. So um, they're doing a better job continuing the story than they did in BFA. That's so good. I'm excited to pick that narrative choice. That's good. Um, how are your how's the, uh, cats? Cats time. How are cats? I love cats. Uh, so for people that uh, are unfamiliar, I have a stray cat uh, named Brightpaw. I moved in to this house a few years ago, and he was just there on the parking lot. So I decided I had a cat. He's really cute. Uh, he was a little terror before the show. He was knocking things over. He was <laughs> unplugging the microphone. So he is now in the bedroom with the door shut, and I can hear him scratching at the door. <laughs> and my neighbors... Uh, have a fluffy white ragdoll cat that is an indoor outdoor cat for some reason and he has a lion cut a lion so he's got a cut. little snowball oh tail oh my gosh and it's unbelievable i learned last week uh, i discovered he has been living during the day under my house so <laughs> <laughs> i go out during the day and i make sure brightpo doesn't run out but then I give him treats and toys and try to coax him out from under the basement and make sure his fur isn't covered in dirt and he hasn't eaten any wires. <laughs> so uh, I've had a fun time with uh, Brightpaw and then this you, you have You have a cat and a half cat. now, basically. Yes. Um, the lion cut is so weird. I had a cat growing up that we used to give a lion cut in the summer. And he just, like, he palpably hated it. I mean, he just absolutely hated coming home with this big floofy tail and the paws and the head and then everything it's just it's it, it, i think this cat really likes it that's it's good. so strange like bright paw is a terror like he's climbing he's jumping he's opening doors he's <laughs> knocking things over and this cat just like i've never seen him run he just regally like struts around super slow doesn't jump doesn't roll around he just sits and he's always like showing off his tail like if he sits he's wrapping his tail around or if he's walking he's like waving his tail like that's i think amazing. he really he's leaning into the lion's cut <laughs> that's amazing um okay before uh, before you wrap i want to ask uh are there are there cool I, you mentioned the aesthetics like are there cool new zones and locations to uh to visit in the game i'm sure there are but what are some highlights yeah so uh it's pretty interesting because like i mentioned in the past a lot of WoW was like, oh, we're gonna revisit, you know, existing zones where they had more of a realistic feel or they looked uh, more similar to each other. Um, but because this is taking place in the realm of death, uh, Blizzard's art team has gotten free reign to do all sorts of wild things that maybe they couldn't do in the past. And they've made all the zones look pretty different, so there's something for everyone. So you've got the kind of heaven-looking angel realm that is actually pretty sinister and groupthink. 
Yeah. Uh, then you've got the realm that's all like spikes and bones <laughs> and the military, uh, you know, might of the realm of death. Uh, then you've got like the nature ethereal realm that continues the stories of the night elves and the emerald dream. And then you've got the vampire uh, realm that's like, you know, like all aristocrats and black and red. Um, then the center capital city is very Titan themed, uh, you know, like lots of um, glowing things, lots of uh, kind of like uh, sort of uh, ancient ruins architecture. And then there's the really scary end game zone that is, you know, desolate and angry looking and kind of gothic refined spikes. So uh, there's they're very different um, and they're they're really pretty. Um, the art team did an amazing job uh with the expansion were they able to kind so, of separate that you know it's like i know they don't necessarily share these teams but were they kind of able to separate kind of the aesthetic of like diablo afterlife stuff with with wow um aesthetics like were they able to kind of thread that needle do you think um so i think in, in the vampire zone you you see that a bit more yeah. um the uh, the other zones there's there was this meme going around where someone put uh, the logo of the game on every different uh, zone, so it's like you know Revendreth is like the Diablo or you know Bloodborne zone and like you know this zone is like the Ori in the Forest zone and <laughs> <laughs> you can definitely see that they were sort of inspired by other games concepts of the uh, afterlife. Well, that's cool. I mean, at least they can you know they have an opportunity to kind of branch out into other aesthetics. So that's nice. That's cool um well perk thanks for joining uh you can follow per, uh, perk on twitter twitter at perculia that's p-e-r-c-u-l-i-a um you can also go to wowhead.com please do that um it's it's really truly the biggest and best uh wow kind of collection of guides and things what's on the site right now that you would really recommend to folks so uh just a quick note before the site uh uh my twitter is a personal twitter so if you want to know what's up with Brightpaw or the uh baby lion cat that's a really good place for that but if you want game tips uh, you should go to wowheads uh twitter uh instead um and yeah so what is on the site uh, something really cool that we do is that we highlight what you should do every day and week. So if you're, you know, lost or you've taken a break from the game and you just want the greatest hits, we will give that to you. Um, we will hold your hand. Um, another really cool thing I've been talking a lot about, like the armor sets and collectibles. Uh, we have a model viewer, so you can dress your character up, try out all the customization options and put this new armor on your character. So if you're on the fence, if you want to subscribe or not you can try this out before you you know pay for the game you can just create your whole you know dream character on wowhead yeah which i is also pretty cool i have not been a really active user of wow in oh gosh five six years but i still play around with the model viewer because it's really fun so you should yeah. definitely go do that um perk thank you so much for joining i hope at some point you and the team get some rest yeah <laughs> Hopefully, fingers crossed. There is the classic uh, update launching on Thursday. I don't know why Blizzard timed everything on top of each other. So oh my god! Hopefully All right, do you, after that, do you think we'll get Burning Crusade like for real next year? Yeah, I think that uh, it's interesting because Blizzard, with this release, is suddenly deviating from their whole you know no changes purist like how it was you know years ago philosophy, and they're making all these last minute changes. And it's like, why would they do this if there's <laughs> no more content there's nothing coming. right 
And they're doing that online convention, I think, in February to yeah. make up for no BlizzCon. So my guess is that that's going to be the centerpiece of that convention. Wild. All right. Well, thanks, Perk. I really appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks for having me on. Cyberpunk 2077 is out on December 10th officially. Wow, that's the same day as the Jeffies. But apparently Best Buy has broken the street date of the game, according to streamer Co Carnage. Curiously, Co Carnage has tweeted an awful lot about Cyberpunk previously, but according to him, it's totally legit. Not long after he posted a pic of him with the sealed game, the official Cyberpunk 2077 Twitter account posted the rules for folks who might have gotten the game early. You know what? <laughs> It's stuff like this that makes me think this entire industry is a weird grift and embargoes are just totally fake, designed to control a marketing campaign and mask the fact that a game might not be totally done until a day one patch hits. But that would be way too cynical of me, right? Anyway, the game does appear to be legitimately out in the wild now, so if you want to avoid spoilers, I'd start getting your Twitter mute list together now. Oh, there's a photo mode that they announced on Wednesday. So that's that's cool. Nicholas Grayson, our wonderful social editor, turned 25 on Wednesday. A very happy birthday to him. He has been on the furious hunt for a PlayStation 5 console since early November, and I am pleased to announce that he secured one from Costco at roughly 10.15 a.m. Pacific time. Wednesday morning. Congratulations to Nikki and may your playroom be full of Astros. Well, folks, that about does it for this week's edition of Fanby News. Thanks again to Perk for chatting with me about Shadowlands. That was a super fun conversation. Uh, again, you should go check out wowhead.com about everything Shadowlands related. Uh, if you're playing classic, they got you covered there. Uh, super, super good stuff over there. If you want to check out all of our great podcasts, you should do that over at fanbyte.com slash podcasts. We also have a great Discord if you go to fanbyte.com slash Discord. We also have a store. You can use promo code promo code to get 10% off an order of $50 or more. Just go to store.fanbyte.com and go wild. Thanks so much for hanging out. And until next week, y'all take it easy.